Hello mamas, Laura here and today we are chatting about understanding the current birth culture here in Australia, how epidurals have influenced birth in modern times and ways in which we can naturally boost our pain tolerance. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes, it's time for you to guide you through, let's take some time for Hello, mummers, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we're kicking off with episode five in the Birth with Confidence series, diving into the current birth culture here in Australia. In this episode, we'll discuss the current culture around birth and the up-to-date stats on what birth truly looks like in this country, how the epidural has changed a lot in the birth space culture and for women's ability to cope with pain, as well as ways that you can try and boost your body's natural pain tolerance. Now, this is episode five of a six-part Birth with Confidence series with the incredibly wise Rhea Dempsey, a birth worker, childbirth educator, counsellor, and best-selling author of Birth with Confidence and Beyond the Birth Plan. Don't forget, we have already released the first four episodes in this series where we chat with Rhea all about the natural hormonal dance between mum and baby, the importance of the queen oxytocin hormone, adrenaline and endorphins in late stage labor and the importance of understanding and reframing labor pain. So make sure you go back and listen to those episodes when you get a chance as there are some absolute nuggets of wisdom in them. And there is so much more important information coming up in this Birth with Confidence series. So if you haven't already, make sure you hit subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so you don't miss out. Now in the last episode of this series, we'll be covering crisis of confidence points that you may hit at different points in your labor and the importance of having the right birth team around you to help navigate through them. And remember, we also have a bonus episode exclusively available to members inside the Pregnancy Posse where Rhea talks us through what she calls wild cards. So these are life events or factors that may need to be addressed before birth as potential triggers that may pop up. Now, this entire podcast series plus all previous podcast series along with any bonus content is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all of the bonus content and listen to an entire series all at once, please make sure you go and check out that Pregnancy Posse. I have taken my years of experience as a women's health physiotherapist helping pre and postnatal women and made this information accessible to every wonderful lady online inside the Pregnancy Posse. So when you join the Posse, I guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly exercise workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. We also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer all of your burning questions. There's a wonderful community forum where Posse members all support each other and there is a big, big extensive resources library which will help you avoid the dreaded Google rabbit hole. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. Now, let's get into episode five in our six-part Birth with Confidence series. This is an eye-opening but powerful episode about current birth culture, and hopefully it really helps us to understand a little better why Rhea thinks natural physiological birth is on the brink of extinction. Enjoy. I love how you speak about the willing woman and... From my personal point of view, I would have said I was a very willing woman in my first two pregnancies. So I was fit, I was healthy, I was well, I knew 
well, I thought I knew how to work with pain and I was an athlete and all these things. But what I didn't consider, and this is something I want you to talk about on as part of the willing woman scenario, is birth team and birth environment and really having a good solid understanding and education about natural physiological birth. Because like you mentioned in your books, it's not enough just to be strong, fit, healthy and well. So could you touch on what you describe as the willing woman and how important the birth team and the birth environment and understanding birth culture these days, how important that is, particularly for a first time mum? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think to, to really paint this picture very clearly, I want to speak a little bit more about the, the stats. Because one of the key things I think is that there's this, you know, well, birth is a natural process. We've got that as a sort of a story. But then also women are bombarded by hearing all these stories where birth isn't a normal process and it's so fearful and so this and that and the other and never works and what have you. So there's there's a clash between, on the one hand, feeling, oh, well, birth is a normal process, but on the other hand, it's a very dangerous process, and so then there's a whole lot of anxiety and concern in there. And that can leave women feeling like, well, they can't trust birth. They can't trust their bodies. They can't trust babies. They can't trust birth process and so on. So they're going in with a lot of adrenaline and all of that. So for the willing woman, she can be thinking, I mean, I too, like you, before I had my first baby, feeling like, well, I know my body and I trust my body and my body works in all these other ways. So it's bound to work in this way. Um, but not understanding how entrenched the aspects about care in birth are that are disturbing of our capacity and disturbing of our hormones and so on, how strongly entrenched that is in the birth culture. So the willing woman has got to, yes, have her own, as you say, willingness. Mm. But uh, part of that willingness is to understand what she's going to face not only in terms of what she's going to face in terms of the normal labour process unfolding, but what she's going to face in terms of what's going on in the birth culture. So in the stats, there's no such category as normal physiological childbirth. Yeah. So we have to try and tease that out. So certainly if babies are born at home, and that's only 0.3 of a percent. These are Australian stats, only 0.3 of a percent. Well, that's normal. So add this up, listeners, as I'm going, 0.3 of a percent. Um, babies born in birth centres. So across Australia, that's 2.7% of babies born in birth centres. And pretty much because of the philosophies about birth centres, if a baby's born in a birth centre, it's pretty well normal physiological childbirth. So got that. We then have the babies who we call the born before arrival babies. So these are the babies born on the back seats of the car or the nature strip or the front door of the hospital or what have you. Um, that's 0.5 of, of a percent. Yeah. So if we add those up, we get, you know, just a bit over 3%, 3 to 4%. And that's Nothing. just that's a, that's about it for normal physiological childbirth, mm. given the high intervention rates. So I've spoke about some of them before, you know, the, the induction rate, the, the elective Caesar rate, the Caesar rate itself is 35% now. Mm. So what I would want women to understand or that willing woman particularly 
is that unless you're very savvy about this and making what I would call very wise choices or savvy choices, then you are going to come up against a birth culture that is so systemized towards interventionist birth mm. and I'll come to the pain aspect in a minute, but so systemized towards interventionist birth that pretty much it's impossible to go to, to buck that system. Because if you do try and buck that system and you've got your birth plan and you, you're going to try and argue the toss about, well, no, we didn't want this and we didn't want that. And well, I mean, you, you're back into your adrenaline, you're back into your cerebral cortex, you're using all your great brain systems and your arguing skills and what have you, but you're not in labour. Mm. So, so that's problematic. The, so they need to understand that. Mm. We also need to, to understand the huge problem about pain. Mm. Not that it's necessarily a problem, but it's a problem in our culture. It's a problem in terms of that we demonise labour pain and maybe just to say a little bit. So I've been around birth scene now for 43 years mm. and was lucky to be part of the, the women who were around birth and particularly in the home birth scene, but not only in the home birth scene, but around birth before epidurals came in to be used in the way they are now. And so we saw much more normal physiological childbirth. Mm. Since the epidural has come in, and you know, if you've read my books, you know that I talk about it, that the epidural is like the Trojan horse in the birth space. Yes. We thought it was our friend, it was going to be very helpful, but it's been taken over the city. Yeah? So the epidural has changed the deep mindset. Yeah, It's changed the mindset to be one of you know, that one should be comfortable, that you can be comfortable, I want to be comfortable. Mm. and that the epidural can make that comfortable. Also, it's lessened women's capacity to feel like they can cope with the intensity of the labour. So, and the talk all around women is, yeah, yeah, the epidural, that's the way to go, and blah, 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 blah. Mm. So even women, the willing women who are very committed, there's also this nagging seduction Mm. of the epidural yes so could you maybe explain a little bit about how as a society yeah where we're at with birth and how it's it's so ingrained in us to pity the laboring woman and why things like the epidural then can become a little bit um excessively used I guess yeah 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 exactly and I mean, again, I think, you know, probably in Australia or other countries as well, but we do highly prize that, that thing of people who are taking on athletic tasks or what have you, where they're, they're working to that intensity of working with functional physiological pain. Mm. And yet we can't keep, keep that in mind as, a, as an achievement for, for labouring women, let alone the fact that when women can work with, with that functional physiological pain, then the verse goes straightforwardly, yeah? Um, so part of the story is because we've placed birth in hospitals mm. and the subliminal messages about 
pain in hospitals and pain being bad and pain meaning something going wrong and so then therefore we need to relieve it and so on and of course you know hospital situation if you are going in because there's something going wrong and you're ill or whatever well then having pain relief that that can take the pain away so that you can use your energy for the healing yeah fantastic but you know to ask Kathy to run the 400 meters in a hospital corridor with everybody seeing that strain on her face, it might be a very different story. I, I jokingly say, you know, if we did more births in yoga studios or even in the weights room at a gym, we'd have much, a much more respectful um, way of thinking about the functional physiological pain and being able to celebrate it rather than be pitying the poor women. But the epidural, of course, has come in. And when the epidural is in, mainly then women are pain-free. Mm. The thing about that is that they're not getting any signals in their body it mucks up the hormones, it mucks up the births, and then that whole cascade of interventions is, is... So then we have the rise in the forceps and the vacuums and the needing to get synthetic oxytocin into the picture because it slows down queen oxytocin and so on. So it's a whole... It's just a hijacking of normal physiological childbirth. Mm. But that pitying of labouring women is so prevalent. We demonise labour pain, make it as if it's something that is, you know, not like anything else. Mm. I guess one of the things I try to do in my workshops and in my books is to, to separate some of the, those different sensations that you're likely to feel and say, well, they're not necessarily things that you haven't felt before. Mm. Just that they're all coming together, you know, so it's more that overwhelm rather than specifically um, a particular part of the body that is in intense pain. Mm. So, and then, of course, it's about not having a mindset that can normalise it or understand what's happening. So you, you're talking about, or I was mentioning when I use those charts, I, I want to speak to the cerebral cortex. I want to speak to the, to the pregnant, soon-to-be-birthing mother's cerebral cortex, her partner's cerebral cortex, so that you understand this is happening, this is happening, this is happening. Imagine if that's happening in your body, what is it likely to feel like? So mm. that then when they're in labor and they feel that extra bit of this or that this bit here, they can understand, okay, that's what I would expect to feel because I understand what's happening in my body. Yeah. Whereas if you don't have an understanding about what's happening in your body and then can't, can't the, the cerebral cortex can't settle to surrender into those sensations. Mm. Like if you're a runner or a yoga teacher or something, they talk, okay, well, this part is working. That part is working. You understand why you're getting a stretch sensation in this, in your glutes or in here or here. Mm. So I think that there's a bit of a mystery about birth where it's not spoken about so clearly to say, well, these are all the things that are happening in your body. And if you if you understand how your body works in other situations of intensity, well, yeah, you would expect that you're feeling strict receptors or so on. Yes. So um, I think what you that, just said then about mystery, that really is such a big part of it, isn't it? Is that we, we're not witnessing growing up, we're not witnessing these births. So yeah. birth is such an unknown. And so we're only able to consume the messages you know, that are in our modern culture often because they're not being passed down through generations yeah. of natural physiological birth. Yes. So it, it's the story around pain um, I think is so important. I know as a physio we talk a lot about pain and a really great example I think is that if I cut my thumb, I go, oh, 
I cut my thumb. Okay, cool. Put a Band-Aid on it. But if if I was a carpenter or a pianist or someone whose thumbs are so much more valuable than they are for myself, cutting your thumb can really catastrophize that pain because all of a sudden the story around it means something more significant. And I think that's a good way to think about how you think about labor pain as well. What is the story you're placing around this? Um, So I think it's really good food for thought for women to be thinking about before they go into labor and birth and thinking about how do they view pain and like really going and having a look at birth videos and birth photos as well and acknowledging what their first reaction, because I found this interesting for myself, but what's your first reaction to that woman? Do you pity her or are you celebrating her? And I think that'd be a good little task for women. I'm just wondering, Ria, what do you recommend for women to try and boost their pain tolerance during pregnancy? Have you got any little tips or strategies for how women may start to work on this? Because obviously we can't practice labor before the big day is there other ways that they could do that well i i think that you know pregnancy yoga is or having a background in yoga because it's about stretch Mm -hmm. and some of the key and most intense sensations in labor are the stretch receptors as your body is opening Mm -hmm. so that combination doing that and relaxation is very helpful of course uh, having done anything in your life where you f- physically, physiologically, where you've changed your breathing in order to get a particular effect, so whether that's about running or breathing or you know swimming or breathing into stretch receptors or breathing into your heart pumping to get your legs pumping and whatever, I don't, it doesn't really matter what, but something where you know that you've consciously changed your breath to manage what you're doing with your body and to remember those and to amplify those and to understand that this is also part of what will be happening in labor, that you're, you're, you can use, you can consciously use your breath, or of course, if you've done a lot of, um, keep going back to pregnancy yoga, because generally with, if it's pregnancy yoga, then the yoga teachers are having you in positions that are the optimal positions to be using as you're working with contractions. And so that then becomes habituated. Um, But knowing how to use your breath to calm yourself, how to use your breath to extend your energy, how to use your breath to settle your body, to to work different parts of your body. So all of those things are very important. So, of course, that's quite different from just sitting back and with your remote control finger and watching Netflix. So it's about being actively engaged with your body and knowing, and even if women are not so much in the pregnancy, knowing that they have been in the past, I, I still think hopefully that most kids are doing lots of physical exertion. Maybe we're losing that as, as well in what's happening with our culture. And so for a lot of women, they don't even have a framework within them to think about functional physiological pain and, and um extending their their capacity anywhere in their physical life to to sort of lean into and know that oh yeah well this might be a new and challenging and more intense thing or something that's you know I'm only going to do once or twice in my life so it might have that extra challenge but that I've I've got a platform of other things that I've experienced in my body and have worked with in my body and can normalize in my body that this can sit on top of or can be mm-hmm. an extension of I think that is very important, the relaxation that I've already talked about. Um, yeah, there, there's probably other things, but my 
<laughs> I'm not thinking of it so much at the minute. Yeah. No, I love that. I think that's really important. Another tip that I had heard is just if you're ever feeling emotionally uncomfortable as well, just to lean into that. So rather yeah. than resisting these uncomfortable sensations, sadness, frustration, you know, whatever yeah. it is, but just to lean into the discomforts of life, I guess, yes. rather than resist them. So yes. I know that's something I'm personally working on. I had gastro about a week and a half ago and I, oh, I had to lean into that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe just to say something about that, you know, birthing is about letting go. You know, we're letting go of ligaments and muscle fibres and babies and fluid and bag of waters and it's just letting go, letting go, letting go. So that's the nature of the nature of to surrender and let go. So in the, the birth, if there's anything that the mother is resisting, so if she's resisting physically, you know, keeping her legs tightly closed or tensing around the, the vagina or what have you, then of course that's going to make things more painful mm. and hamper what will happen in the labor. But also, if in the labour itself, there are emotions and feelings, strong feelings of joy and delight or pain and, and distress or grief and anguish, if there are emotional states in the labour itself and the mother is wanting to somehow or other just be this very cool, collected, you know, calm, birthing woman, but in fact, there's a lot of deep emotion that she's trying to resist and hold back. If she's trying to hold back her emotions and feelings, just in the way that you've described, then she's placing tension in her body. Mm. And so labor, you know, it's about letting and opening the, the physical body, but also then the heart. And if the heart connected to the mind and our emotions and feelings, if there's something in the heart and the mind and the, and the feelings and emotions, then they also need to be released and flowing because if, it, if there's any resistance one way or another, it's going to cause hold up in the labor or sometimes even more, more problematic things to be happening in the labor. So it's about that letting go. And in pregnancy, that's a good place to be starting to do that if you're not doing it generally in your life. I was just about to say, I feel like all of this extends out into general life skills anyway, really, but I guess pregnancy and birth is often a really pivotal time for women to start working on them and hopefully then carry that through to motherhood because it's very hard to control everything in motherhood. So <laughs> surrender is the ultimate um, yes. tool to be practicing. Yeah. Hey, mamas, Laura here, and I really hope that you love today's episode. I truly am alarmed at how low our rates of natural physiological birth are and how we actually don't even have clear stats on this because it is so rare that we need to extract it from other stats out there in different categories. And I think it's so important to understand the culture of birth and how your mindset and your values fit within that system so that you can truly choose a supportive birth team and environment that suits you specifically for what you want. Now, I also love that Rhea spoke about the importance of exercise and stretching in pregnancy as a natural way to help boost your pain tolerance because this is such an easy thing to implement during pregnancy that will then carry over and help you in birth. Now, as always, if you'd love to learn from Rhea, please go find her at birthingwisdom.com.au. I always want to hear from you, so jump onto my socials at PhysioLaura and let me know your favorite part of today's episode. 
Now, in the last episode we have in this Birth with Confidence series, we'll be chatting with Ria about a crisis of confidence points that you may hear at different stages in your labor and the importance of recognizing these and having a supportive birth team around you to help navigate these transitions. If you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you don't miss out upcoming episodes in this wonderful series. And if you love today's episode and you want to watch the final episode in this Birth with Confidence series right away, You can find this whole series plus all our other previous podcast series live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. And remember, for most series of the podcast, we also record exclusive bonus member-only content. And for this series, Rhea talks us through in her member-only episode what she coins wildcards. So these are social and emotional factors that could potentially pop up as triggers in the birth space. Now, inside the Pregnancy Post, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, yoga, meditation, and managing pregnancy aches and pains, plus a wonderful community forum and Q&As weekly with me. Now, I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal experience. So just visit thatpregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about. I will catch you soon for episode six in this six-part Birth with Confidence series, where we'll be chatting about crisis of confidence, when they often present in labor, what to expect from them, and the importance of having a truly supportive birth team around you to help you navigate through these well. But until then, mamas, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.